The Maker's House Chapel International presents Destiny Word with Dr. Michael Buedinamite. God has destined for each and every one of us to live a life of purpose, a life of abundance, and a life that pleases Him. Dr. Michael Buedinamite's mandate is clear. He's equipped to raise destiny giants for our time, equipped with the wisdom and anointing for a time such as now. Please stay tuned in to Destiny Word. Heavenly Father, we know that the grass will wither, the flower will fade, but your word will abide forever. We pray that you give us a word that works. Anoint these lips of clay, make it an instrument of a blessing to somebody's life to the end when we are done. And Father, you give us express illumination of your word. We will say it was you. And thank you not only now, but forevermore. In Jesus' name we've prayed, amen. Over the past couple of weeks, we've been dealing with Psalm 23. I believe it's been a blessing to you. But drawing from Psalm 23, the first thing that readily comes to mind is the fact that service or relationship with God is normally for it to be deeper, stronger, firmer, very well entrenched. It has to be based on revelation. Until you have revelation of the kind of God you serve, your relationship with him will be purely superficial. For you to have a good relationship with God, you should know God for yourself. You should have a revelation of who this God is. You should know him for you. To have a good relationship with God, you have to have a revelation of this God that you are following. You can't serve God based on another man's revelation. You can only serve God based on the revelation you have of this God. Quite recently, there, there are many things going on via social media, um, regular or traditional media. And there are people that have been given audience to try to debunk or try to speak against the existence, the existentialism and the existentiality of God. And they are saying that this whole thing is a myth and Jesus wasn't even there. It was a creation of somebody's imagination. And, and whenever I hear that, I begin to understand or I am able to clearly um, separate knowledge from revelation because you see you can read books you can read articles and they can give you a perspective but when you have a revelation of Jesus you don't need an article to prove whether he is or he is not that is why I I am thankful for the man called Joshua when he said but for me and my house we will serve God why because if you will not serve God that is your business but if I Think about the God who showed himself to me at the backside of the desert when I knew him not. And he revealed himself to me. I don't need any philosopher. I don't need any philosophical underpinnings to prove that this God is. Because Jesus Christ cannot be recognized through books. He can only be seen through divine revelation. You can't know God because you read 350 pages of a book trying to say an argument for. A case for God's existence. There are books, there are movies, there are documentaries that are titled A Case or an Argument for God. There is no argument apart from revelation. If I saw him, if I was Saul going to Damascus to go and pursue the church and a light came from heaven and shone on me and said, Saul, Saul, why art thou persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? He said, he said, I am Jesus, the one that you persecute. You see, 
Paul doesn't need any book. He doesn't need an apostle. He just needed a light from heaven. He needed a revelation from God. I pray that God will give you a revelation of who he is, who he has always been, and who he will forever be. The moment an individual gets a revelation, you can't talk him out of God. The reason why people can get confused. Um, the faith levels of people can be hazy. The reason why people get to places and their trust in God becomes wobbly is because they said God because somebody told them God is good. If you said God because somebody said he is good and you have not seen God as a good God, when you go through bad patches, you can't stand because you compare what you are going through to what you have been told. But if you met him for yourself, you can say that although the fig tree will not blossom and there will be no fruit yet you see you you have to have your revelation rematos what god speaks to you what he tells you what he shows you will form the undergird of your personal relationship jesus christ is not just lord he's also a personal savior Jesus is not a world savior. He is a personal savior. It means he doesn't deal with the world. His love is unto the world, but his salvation is to individuals. And so you have a revelation of who he is in your person and to your personal pursuits. There is no way you will get what God wants you to have. A revelation is the endorsement and the enforcer of what God has for you. Until you have a revelation. Things that you are pursuing, you won't get it. God lives in the Mastarion. He is shrouded in a mystery. For without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Godliness is a mystery. Ministry is a mystery. That is why you can't pursue ministry with tactics and strategy. It's a mystery. Mysteries cannot be uncovered with strategies and tactics. There are people who ask, how do you do these things? It is not strategy. It is not tactics. It is revelation. To every work, there is a blueprint. And the blueprint is, is placed in the fabric of divine revelation. Until you have a revelation, you can't function. As far as God is concerned, you can't serve God because somebody told you he is there. You have to serve God because you have revelation of his existence. All these atheistic propaganda in the 21st century modernistic madness is because people don't have revelations of who God is. Because if I met God for myself, you can't tell me my mother is a white man because I know my mother. You can't tell me my father is a dwarf because my father is tall and huge. I know who my father is. You can't tell me my God will not supply because I know my God is Jehovah Jireh. You can't tell me that. You can't tell me that because I know who. I have a revelation of who this God is. David said that God is mine shepherd and i shall not want he maketh me to lie down in green pastures he gives me residency where there is abundance i i read that test and i get excited because it enforces my faith 
if I have revelation of who this my God is, then I shall lack nothing. It means that as far as God is concerned, whatever he has destined you to become, he also makes the requisite arrangement to ensure that whatever resource you need to fulfill destiny is placed on your path so that you get there. I pray for everybody under the sound of my voice that God will give you the resources you require to be able to fulfill destiny. Wherever God wants you to get to, may God give you what it takes, he said. He will supply all your needs according to his riches. It's not a surprise that David said, because he is my shepherd, I shall lack nothing. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restored my soul. That is to tell you that when you come into this commonwealth of faith, before you came, you might have come battered and bruised and tattered and, and robbed by the enemy. But when somebody comes into Christ, the Bible says he's a new creature. The old things are passed away and all things have become new. Now when you read that text, you can just scratch the surface and lose the meaning of it. He said the old things have become new. That means that God only takes what you lost in time and polishes it up. So whatever you lost before you came into Jesus, there is going to be a restoration for you. The Bible says he restoreth. The other day I told you uh, that when he, the shepherd talks about restoration of the soul, he's talking about the restoration of life. That in your life's pursuit, what you lose, God has what it takes to bring them back to you. He restoreth my soul. Now, you read the account, and then let me push it forward. And then he said, yeah, though, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Push that aside. The verse number five. Interestingly, the same psalmist who is talking about this God who is a shepherd, um, because you follow him, you will not want, and all that. Now, he introduces another thing. He said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And why I will fear no evil, I told you last week, is because the shadow of a lion cannot bite you. You are not dealing with death, you are dealing with a shadow of death. The shadow of anything, the shadow of a knife cannot harm you. The shadow of a lion cannot attack you. The shadow of anything, anything humongous cannot even destroy. It can look terrifying, but it can't harm you. And check the account. As soon as he finishes that, he said, Thou preparest a table before me. Then he adds an audience in the presence of my enemies. Thou preparest. It means that when it comes to what is called your elevation, the one who prepares it is not your brother. It's not a man that prepares tables for men. Tables are always prepared by the shepherd, the good shepherd, the God who sits upon the circles and the thrones of the earth. When we talk about table setting, God is saying that I am able to prepare tables. What do you mean? God is saying that I can organize a banquet. But the reason why you've not seen that banquet is because I'm waiting for a large attendance not an enemy. God doesn't set table in the presence of an enemy. God knows that the applause will not be loud if it's a singular attendance. God waits for you to gather. Now whilst you, you pursue life, 
God allows certain things to happen. Now, I was reading um, The Other Side of Midnight, written by um, Sheldon, um, The Other Side of Midnight, one of his books, um, The Other Side of Midnight. Sheldon um, wrote it. He said, to be successful, you need friends. But to be very successful, you need enemies. Uh, And he said, to be successful, you need friends. But to be very successful, you need enemies. It means that the number of enemies you accumulate will determine how high you can reach. Because if your life is not worth that much, people cannot hit and, 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 and People, fellowship, fellowship, or foehood, or enmity, or adversaries only come because of two things. One, because of the prospects of where you are going. Until you are seen to be going somewhere, nobody will hate or envy you. Until you are seen to be making an impact, nobody will conspire or talk against you. Until you are seen to be a man or a woman of huge potential, the reason why I know God is about to lift you up is because people sit and they talk about you and they want to undermine you and bring you down. It is because God has... Su- can, can, I, can I preach to you now? Is that forehood or animity? Uh, two things brings them. One is because of the prospects of where you are going. The enemy is so wise in his usage of his arsenals that he doesn't waste resources. Until he sees that you are somebody going somewhere to happen. He doesn't waste resources on you. Until he knows that there is a huge potential, huge destiny on your life, pending fulfillment. There is no way he will conspire against you. What do you mean, young man? Can you prove it in the Bible? Yes, I can. The Bible talks about a man, a boy, born, called Jesus. And the Bible says that the king, a whole king, had ordered, made a decree that kill every boy because of this man. Jesus had done nothing at that time. But because of the prospects of what he was going to become, they sat and conspired to take him out. Not only Jesus, Moses also had the same problem. I pray for you, whatever they have seen, that is causing them to conspire against you. May God solidify your base. Whatever they have seen, that is causing them to rise against you. May God exalt you. I see people that God is exalting your horns like that of the unicorn. Whatever that the Bible says this man said God prepares tables but he waits for attendance and you can only get enemies one because of the prospects of where you are going or number two because of where you are is normally because of where you are going or where you are and anytime they sit and they talk about you they either talk about where you stand now or where they see you going and so the more people sit and talk about you the more you should go to church and even dance in praise because they have seen something about your life can I preach to myself the reason why people sit and talk about you. The reason why when people gather. The Bible says where two or three are gathered in his name. 
He is there. Do you know that you are found in the midst of people? The reason why you are found there is because anywhere your name is mentioned, you become the center of attention, the center of attention, the point of attraction. You become the bait for people to gather. I have never seen people sitting to talk about a madman. I've never seen people sitting to talk about somebody that is not doing well. The reason, when you, anytime you meet people and they sit and they are talking about an individual, I think you should give God praise for the life of that person. Because you see, that is the proof. Still introducing the test. Because of two things. Because of where you are going or where you are. Until, until people sit and talk and conspire and try to attack or eliminate you. He said it's a good thing. When people sit and strategize your death. He said because it is a proof that your life, you have lived a life of worth. It was written by Carter in his book, The Wheels of Tales. He said, it tells you that you have lived a life that is a life of worth. If your life is not worthy enough, you won't have enemies even sitting to think and conspire your death. They sit and they gather all day and they try to think that you should die prematurely. And whilst they are doing that, God is saying, I'm not through with her yet. And therefore, no weapon formed or fashioned against her shall prosper. And any tongue that will rise against her is already condemned when they sit and they conspire. The Bible says when they come up against you in the form of a flood, the Spirit of God shall lift up a standard against them. Anytime they come against you, God lifts a standard. Why? Because God is not through with you yet. God is still waiting for them to gather. The reason why you are not seeing the tables yet is because when the tables is set for you at this time, the audience, the auditorium is not full yet. The place is not full yet. It reminds me of a story in the book of Esther. Esther chapter number 3, the verse number 10. There is a man who was called the Jews' enemy. Esther, Esther chapter number 3, the verse number 10. Esther chapter number 5, from the verse number 13. This man called Haman has said, The king has lifted me, has given me everything that I desire, everything that I have worked for. The king has blessed me enough, made me the, the supreme ruler. The king has made me the nest in command in his kingdom. And yet, nothing appeases my soul. Nothing makes me excited until I see the man called Mordecai. I'm hungry or killed or dead as long as I see Mordecai by the gate I will not be happy in spite of what I have read the account of the Bible Esther chapter number 5 the verse number 13 says and he said to himself as long as I see the man called Mordecai sitting at the gate of the king there is no way I can be happy the verse number 14 and the wife and other people it means that when the enemy is coming up to your party he doesn't come alone he comes with wives and concubines and partners and spouses and friends and acquaintances and yet 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 the Bible says that and when the man had advanced 
advice when the man had been advised by the wife and the friends that erect a gallow of 50 feet high and don't only erect it erect it in the forecourt of your house that when you go to the king and speak to the king the king will give you the instruction to hang this man called Mordecai on the gallow the Bible says that and after he had done that he went to the king early in the morning but that scripture wouldn't have been nice until you read Esther chapter 6 the verse number 1 the Bible says and on that night the king could not sleep on that night because on that night the king was restless and the king said is there anybody in this place who has done something worthy of honor and yet I've not honored they said king we are not sure the king said bring me the book of records that has chronicled everything that people have done in my kingdom what you fail to appreciate is that whatever you do for God God chronicles it in his books of record anytime you go through anything God says that the book of remembrance is opened whatever you have done for God may God watch over your words may God watch over what you have done the Bible says know for sure that your labor in the law will not be in vain and on that night the king could not sleep and the king said bring me the books of records that chronicles the events and the things that people have done and they brought the book of records and read it before the king and the king said is there anybody in my kingdom that has done anything they said yes king there is a man called Mordecai once upon a time people decided to eliminate to assassinate to destroy your kingdom and this man came to give us a word and the king said what has been done for this man the Bible says and they said king nothing has been done for him the king said okay who is in my court the Bible says and they said unto him there is Haman the Agagite Haman the same man that you have lifted Haman is in this place and the king said okay bring Naaman in let Haman come to me and let me speak to Haman myself. When Haman came, the Bible says that Haman uh, was happy, excited. Because the king said, is if the king wants to honor the person that he has pleasure in, what should the king do for such a man? Haman, out of excitement, said, king, you need to place your royal diadem. You need to get your royal coat that you wear on special occasions. You have to get your mule or your horse that you use on special occasions and give to the the person that you delight in the Bible says he said that because he thought that he was the person that the king delighted in do you know that sometimes God sets your enemies up when they are doing things they think that they are doing it against you but God has a way of rewarding you God has a way of causing them to work for your good I read the Bible and I got excited when the Bible says all things shall work together for the good of them that love God and to them that are called according to his purpose can I preach you now like I feel it the Bible says and the king said thank you for your advice do not take even a single one out go and call me the man called Mordecai put the same garment on Mordecai don't only do that don't just do it on the inside if you do it here nobody will know what I'm talking about no don't 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 just do it in the castle don't just do it in the palace don't just do it in the flagstaff house just put on him the royal crown and the diadem put on him the royal apple put him on the royal mule put him on the horse and just walk with him walk with the man that you wanted to kill and drag him by the road and say this is the same man 
standard. This is the same. The same people who wanted you dead and out will be the same people who will announce your greatness. Uh, let me try. Let me rewind and press play. The same people who wanted you dead will be the same people who say this is a great man. The same rewind press play. The same people who wanted you out will be the same. I don't know whether I'm preaching to myself, but let me try. And my last few minutes, try to push this sermon. The Bible says, and the king said, don't just let him walk. Uh, you have a gallop for him. All right. Let him sit on the royal mule. Let him sit on the horse. I put on him my finest garment. And not only that, be his usher. The king said, be his protocol officer. Be his usher. Walk with him. So that everybody, and when you walk, don't walk with your head down. Check the account. Esther chapter 6. The king said, when you are walking with him, make an announcement. That this is the person that the king is happy with. So don't just walk with him with your head covered and looking so forlorn. Don't do that. Walk shoulder square, head high, chest out, broad smiles, and say, this is the man that the king has delight in. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine. I see that word being manifested in the life of an individual right now. God will prepare. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. The Bible says, and they had sold Joseph. And they said, he is dead. And you read chapter number 50. When they had come to Joseph to say, Joseph, please, Joe, don't kill us. He said, no, you meant it for evil. But the tables turned to my advantage. God has a way of turning tables and setting tables and elevating his people. May God set a table before you. C can I prophesy to one or two people? May God set a table before you in the presence. Now, that is not even interesting until we go deeper. That you get to know about the Midrash. That you understand that in those days they had what they call the table mountains. Where after the winter, it is on the table mountains that you get the freshest of grass. And go, getting to the table mountain is always risky. They go through cliffs, walk on the edges of them, and sometimes they lose some of the sheep. 
And he's saying, but that is also the highest point. What God was saying through the man called David is that when I am giving you something, sometimes your life is at risk. You go through perilous times. We are pressed on every side. Persecuted, but not abandoned. On every side, there is a conspiracy. But I don't let you settle in the middle. I take you to the table mountain. And I set a table before you where everybody else can see. Now watch the test. The word is prepare. It means it is done before you get there. Where God is taking you to for them that he predestined. So your table setting is a predestined event. Before you got into this world, God had planned your banquet. Not only is it planned, but everybody that is needed to be in attendance is also catalogued. Invitations are sent on merit. The person has to be a true adversary to make it. There is a criterion for selection. Until you are a true foe, you can't be on the hall of faith. That table, you check the account as I even wrap it up. The Bible says that you prepare us a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Do you know what it means? It means that the enemies can see it, but they can't touch it. At, at every point, what God is saying is, I set a table before you. And there are people that are not happy you have your good wine. They are not happy that you have your fruit salad. They are not happy that you have your a seafood platter. They are not happy that you have all these things on your table. But what can you do? The table is mine. And I choose what to eat at what time. You might not be so happy, but it is mine. Watch this. Watch this. Whilst I'm enjoying my banquet, you might place an argument that I don't know how to use the cutlery as none of your business. I might not know how to even eat well. My table manners might not be right, but it is none of your business. He sets a, a table in the presence of whether you are happy without I am eating he doesn't know how to chew he chews like a villager he chews da, 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 da. when he chews he makes noise it is none of your business because the table is mine please help me to push this help me he, he sets a table before me uh, we have something we call the theology of particularity. Um, he is particular. The, the table is not for the masses. Uh, the table is not for the people. He's not set table before people. He says table for individuals. The table is customized. Well, you might get there earlier than I did get there. But on that 
table there is a reserved note that table is re that table is reserved Saudias so so on this table with my with my babe I have my babe because the food the food on my table is is too much uh, that maybe I might even eat it and fall asleep while I was on the table uh, but that is why it is my table if you are not happy about my table look for your own table but this is my table he prepares a table before me in the presence you can see it but you can't touch it you can be envious all you want but you can't snatch it somebody saw you driving a good car and he's envious well let them be envious but they can't take it from you they can't come to you and snatch the keys out of your hands they saw you marrying a handsome man and they are saying he is not beautiful enough she is ah uh, but that lady uh, is not beautiful enough well well that is none of your business this is my table uh, well they saw you and said how come he got that job on tables the beauty about tables is that they are idiosyncratic tables are customized for people if you rush ahead of me thinking that when you get there you'll get my table I came with some news for you that you are making a mistake because on my table the reserved sign is on my table what is mine cannot be touched what is yours nobody can touch what nobody can touch what god has placed for you thou preparest a table thou preparest a table in the present in those days they had they had um, um, on trotters and the taxis behind it they were right observers are worried when I sit on my table and you are observing and you are thinking I'm going to run out of stock I serve the supplier I, I, I don't I don't just have contacts with a supplier the supplier is my table setter may God set tables before you in the presence of your enemies may he anoint your head thou thou so there is a thou that does the preparation and that thou is the almighty can you imagine a banquet that has the almighty as the chef and the waiter at the same time a banquet that has the almighty as the chef and the waiter not only does he prepare the meals he serves the meal and he fills your table such that enemies can watch and curse their stars and ask themselves but we have planned all this against him 
We said all that about her. Why is it that in spite of all that we have done, she keeps shining. He keeps smiling. He keeps growing. He keeps getting bigger and better. May that be your word and testimony. That the more... One of my favorite portions of scripture is the book of Exodus chapter number one. The Bible says, and the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. It means that until you have them trying to afflict, multiplication is limited. The more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. Keep on hating. We'll keep on shining. Keep on hating. We'll keep on rising. Keep on conspiring. We'll keep on rising. Look at somebody and say, neighbor. Neighbor. Fret not yourself. I I, I know I'm quoting a scripture. Um, When you hear me preach, most of the things that I say, about 98% of them are quotations. In Psalm 37, the Bible says, fret not thyself because of the evil worker. Neither be thou envious because of the worker of iniquity. For very soon they shall be cut off. Fret not thyself. Psalm 37, the verse number 1. Fret not thyself because of the evildoers. Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall be soon be cut down like grass and wither as the green herb. Watch this. Withering is not extinction. To wither doesn't mean it's no more there but it means it loses its sheen glow shimmer and shine it means it loses its swag it shall wither means it's there but jealousy jealousy go shame je- je- jealous, jealousy je- je- jealousy skin pain eh? it, it go kill them what God is about to do with your life those who are jealous and envious of you they have not seen the best of you yet my best is yet to come my best is yet to come my best is yet my 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 best the reason why you use the word they wither but not that they are taken away is because god needs them to be part, to be in attendance of your elevation. But the bad part is when they gather and they see how miserable they are, how withered they have become and how glorious you look, they can't have any other argument but to say this is the doing of the Lord. May may that be your portion. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed with Destiny Word by Dr. Michael Boydi-Nyamiche. You are cordially invited to the Maker's House Chapel International, Kwabanya Off Point One. Join in on any of our services, Sunday Word. 
first service, 7 to 9 a.m. Second service, from 10 a.m. to 12 noon. Teaching service on Wednesdays, 6.30 to 8 p.m. And our flagship program, The Morning Aura, on Saturdays from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. to engage in prayer and experience the supernatural. For more information about this ministry, call 0244-221-272 or 0262-731-570 or visit our website, www.themakershousechapel.org. We believe in the word in totality and the light it brings our path to experience the grace to take territories and fulfill destiny. God richly bless you.